shining a spotlight on the news you won't hear anywhere else. Jason Rand. Jason Rand. Jason Rand. This story, it's not going to be on CNN. It's not going to be on MSNBC. The Rants Report on the Todd Herman Show. May not be perfect, but it's still the best government we have. For now. Welcome back to the program, Jason Rance. Good morning. I am just paging through your Twitter, and I'm just taking a, a tap on the crazy. Um, how's the the contest in misery between people dying from the COVID flu and people dying from fatal ODs in Seattle? How's that working out? So, yeah, it's interesting. Seattle King County had more deaths in the first week of this month for fentanyl, meth, other drug overdoses than COVID. And it's an interesting observation that was made by King County Seattle Public Health. Now, normally you wouldn't expect that kind of observation from them because they've been pretty singularly focused on COVID and that whole thing about being, at least in part, large part, responsible for the actual overdose deaths in this region. We are mandating masks. We are mandating vaccines. And yet at the exact same time, regardless of how one views the COVID issue, you've got more people dying of overdoses. And what are we doing? We are handing out needles in unlimited quantities to any addict who wants one. We will tell them, no, you you can get help when you're ready for it. Here's a booty bumping kit so that you can rectally get high. It is a bizarre move here. Can you and I make an agreement just as colleagues and friends? No, I'm Um, using that term all the time, and I love it. (laughs) I know exactly what you're saying. Nope, you don't. I was just going to say, can you give me a heads up? Because I want to make a sound for it. I would have like a a sound effect just to warn my listeners that you're about to say booty bumping kit. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to hear that sound that you might have associated with it. Okay, let's not do that then. Uh, There's also this this issue that, that I don't want in this segment someday you and i really should have a lengthy discussion about our varying views on on the mrna injections and and my belief that they're ridiculously deadly and and, and yours that you can explain your own point of view but you know what you and i align exactly on this on on this diktat from from dictator Inslee. And I think you helped break the story that they created this this impossible standard for employees of the state to get a religious exemption. I did talk about it on my show because I got emails and, and texts from officers mm-hmm. saying, here's what they're having us do. But you have more than that, that they purposely designed this to be almost impossible to get these exemptions, correct? Correct. So just looking at the question itself that's asked on this religious exemption form, it seemed pretty clear that the intent was to disqualify as many people as possible. Now, the question that it asks is whether or not you agree or attest that you have not only never taken a vaccine, but you've never taken medicine provided by a healthcare provider, which is an absurd bar that almost no one would meet except for maybe Christian scientists, for example. There is no correlation between one's religion and their concern over this vaccine or any one particular vaccine and their willingness to take uh, Tylenol or put ibuprofen or, excuse me, like Neosporin on a cut. Everyone knows this. And so I was able to have an email leaked to me and my colleague, Brandy Cruz, our media colleague, Brandy Cruz over at Q13, also got this. So we knew it was legit. It basically 
makes that point. An email is coming from Catherine Leather. She's the general counsel for the governor's office in the deliberations earlier on in the month, August 3rd, between the governor's office and the attorney general's office going through what was to come. They say exemptions, medical for sure, and religious if we have to, if yes, as narrow as possible. Now, very clearly, they're stating that they wanted to make it as narrow as possible. Those are a direct yeah. quote. That's a direct quote. But number two, it is also really bizarre to me that she did not think that they would have to offer religious accommodations in this world. And I think that that shows you the animus they have towards religion. Well, I think it's animus towards anyone who is going to oppose the party. Uh, it's very clear that doctors are under incredible pressure uh, in my judgment, to ignore therapeutics, to ignore alternate approaches to this, and to push the mRNA injections. So I think there's enormous professional pressure, uh, pressure on this front. So they're, they're going to be unlikely to give medical exemptions. I got this from um, an officer I trust with my life. Um, a survey of Washington State Patrol officers. Yeah. Um, are you going to refuse to get vaccinated even at the risk of termination? Um, yes, 295 votes. Can you imagine? There, there is a growing resistance. In fact, later on in the show, on my end, uh, I'll be introducing you guys to a bunch of members of this vaccine mandate resistance. And they come from all agencies. In fact, over the course of the next uh, few days and into next week, we will be talking from folks from different state agencies. We've got teachers on. We've got officers on all saying the exact same thing. Some of them don't want the vaccine. Others are vaccinated, but don't want to turn over their documents to the state because of the principles involved here. They're all saying the same thing. Fire us. We're not going to comply with this. You, this is a tremendous government overreach. Last week we had, uh, just before the event at Snoqualmie Pass, we had one of the organizers of that, happens to be a firefighter, mm -hmm. speaking his own volition, talking about this. And I was, I was not surprised, I guess, but I continue to be disappointed that I saw an absence of coverage on that. I know I can turn to you for this, and, and I know I can turn to your program to provide this. Our program tries to provide this. There are also citizens acting. There is, at the Capitol in Olympia this weekend, 2 to 4 p.m., Hazardous Liberty is putting on a United We Stand. Um, it's against the force injections of people. Um, so that's something people can do. You also had this story, and I think I want to give credit. I think Post Millennial had this, too. I don't know who broke it. It was you or them. This is the tracking devices being placed on kids. Because, of course, kids are very, very large vectors for spreading the COVID flu. Wait, no, actually, they're not. Um, can you talk about that? Sure. Yeah, the Post Millennial broke this story. Unfortunately, it had a lot of factual errors in it, like suggesting that parents were not notified, where, which is not true, and that only unvaccinated people were having this ankle bracelet put on them, which is also just factually inaccurate. I've spoken to parents there. In fact, we have a parent on today as well saying, no, we consented to it. That said, as of last night, because of a school board, after a school board meeting, the district decided to jettison this program. Uh, a lot of folks, and myself included, because I think the optics of this are just awful, but that's been the focus of the coverage. I think that that's the wrong focus. For me, because I've heard from so many parents who actually supported this, wow. the true story is, it, it's not, wow, here's the deal. Why are they supporting it? 
out of desperation. When you talk to these folks, they say, this is the only thing we thought we can do with our kids to make sure that they're able to play so that they actually can potentially have a future outside of Eatonville High School. Because a lot of these kids who are really, really gifted in athletics last year, of course, they lost their season. They're not able to get tape that is necessary to get in front of the right people to get them recruited into college. And I I got this sense of just desperation on the part of the parents and and the the kids. And I I feel for them on that. It, It is so tragic. And to be clear, the idea itself, I actually don't think there was any sort of nefarious intent. I think the idea that the school was coming to was, hey, rather than having an entire football team or volleyball team quarantine if some kid ends up getting COVID, and we know that kids can get COVID, this will actually tell us how close of contact they had with their teammates. So rather than just get rid of the entire team in quarantine, maybe we only quarantine three, four players who they had most contact with. I think that there's there's a, a germ of a good idea there. It was just not properly handled. I couldn't disagree more. Uh, kids are not at risk for this stuff. There have been some kids. Kids get had, COVID. Kids get COVID. Kids, kids who have had pre-existing conditions can die from it. Those kids are more likely to die falling down the stairs. People 20 to 40 are more likely to die playing football. Um, kids, I think but you agree is, that kids get COVID, right? So if a kid got kids, the yeah, flu, they get the co- traditional yes. – hold on one second. Because if, but, if they got no, the no, traditional you're trying to put flu. me in a box on my own show. I'm saying this, that kids get COVID, then they recover. And guess what? Natural yeah. immunity is now proven to be – and that's but what that's we're missing. Separate. No, 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 no. no. I, I, I agree with you is. on that. I think I, I, Todd, I agree with you on that point, right? I mean, the, the risk of kids either going to a hospital or dying is incredibly low. It happens. It's very rare. And they almost always have an underlying health condition that we find out about within the next, you know, within a day of the news. However, you do not, if someone has just the traditional flu, you're not sending them out there to play on the team. You well, and this name is Michael out. Jordan. And they win, and they and they win an NBA game. Jason, yeah, we, I wrestled. I wrestled with pneumonia. So all I'm saying is, yes, yeah, so that was a bad. That was a bad move. Come on, it man. wasn't my you move. Are... My coach, my coach made me do it. And look, it, it, my, look, I had a bit of a psycho coach. Man, look at this. We've gone long. Would it be possible for us one day for you and I to spend? Maybe 30 minutes on the air, just trying to you and I come to some form of agreement on this. Do you think that would be okay? Could we ever do that? Sure. We can have, I don't know if we'll come to an agreement, but we can certainly have a conversation about it. <laughs> All right. I'm not Appreciate scared you. of conversations. Neither are you. I love that. No, that's true. All right. So Jason shows 3 to 6 p.m. here. That is when he's not on Fox News, a network he's busily now acquiring uh, by virtue of being there all the time. Jason, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. Todd Herman Show will continue after we check traffic with Right Way Traffic. 